I'm Kathleen Watkins, and I welcome you to the Outlive Your Life Legacy Podcast. One of the greatest risks we face each day is living day to day without any reflection of who we are, what we've done, where we've been, and what really matters to us. Each of us is unique. There has never been anyone exactly like you, and guess what? There never will be. We are all concerned about leaving valuables behind for our loved ones. But what about leaving values behind? Teaching them how to fish instead of leaving all the fish behind for them to eat. When it's gone, it's gone. Unless they learn some values and beliefs, then they can fish for themselves. When we write our stories, may it be in the form of an autobiography, memoir, or legacy letter, we get to teach them guidelines. We share the struggles we have been through and how we overcame them so that they won't repeat our mistakes. This, my friend, is the greatest legacy you can leave behind. Who am I? I serve as your guide and your coach. What I have realized through interviewing clients and my workshops is that most people, in fact, I hear that almost 70% of individuals are afraid of writing. It overwhelms them. So in most cases, I do the writing for them. I thought today would be, it would be a good subject to just talk about writing. What is writing? The purpose of writing, benefits of writing, what makes writing hard, and tips to making writing easier. I think you'll like this. And I have two very, very special guests today. And I'm going to begin with you. Well, thank you for having me here uh, today. My name is Kendall Brown, and I am a avid reader. I'm a father of five, a uh, what I consider a personal friend. However, writing is such a uh, wonderful topic to talk about, and I definitely appreciate you inviting me for this occasion. And I'm so glad that you could find the time to come. Kendall and I share a lot of interests, and I knew he would bring a lot to this conversation. And I also have another very, very special guest, our technician. Yeah, so I am the audio engineer here at Possibilities, but I'm also a musician, singer, songwriter, and podcaster myself. But I also do a bit of writing. So with songwriting, there's a lot of poetry. And uh, I end up doing some short stories kind of surrounding some of that poetry as well. And so writing is always surrounding the, the music process. 
<laughs> it sounds like I have the right people here. Writing. <laughs> so, as I said, today we're going to be addressing the subject of writing. And my hope is that this will help you. If you are out there in the listening audience and you're thinking about writing and you just think, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. And you just don't know where to start. We're going to share some things with you. First of all, let's define writing. What is writing? Writing is a form of communication. Writing makes our thinking and learning visible and sometimes permanent. Writing fosters our ability to explain and refine our ideas to others and ourselves. Writing preserves our ideas and memories. So have y'all ever just thought about what, what is writing? I know I gave you some information, but what? just tell me your thoughts on what I just shared. Yeah, writing is a lot of what you just said. It's taking what's going on inside of my head and putting it down on paper and just freeing up the mental space for me to be able to receive new information. And so it's an expression of your thoughts and it, it's a guided um, uh, critical thinking process as well that allows you to um, think a little bit deeper into um, what it is that's going on into your mind because when you see it on paper it might uh, sound a little bit different or it might give you a new revelation uh, when you see it in real life very good yeah, very absolutely good. Uh, being the musician in here I also want to say that like you, the definitions that you use for writing still includes music in that and so we, when we write using words and letters and everything, that is one form of writing, but it's still a form of communication to do music and to convey ideas, whether it's through words and lyrics, but then also through melody and harmony and rhythm. And all of those musical elements can also be present in just writing. You can kind of see melody and harmony and rhythm on the page sometimes even if it's not poetic it can be very uh evocative of movement and all these sorts of musical ideas and so it's interesting that all of these things kind of weave together whether it's music or whether it's just writing on a page we're still communicating ideas in some way right let me ask let me ask you guys this which is easier for you, speaking or writing? Because as we know, speaking is another form of communication. Which do you find easier? Because you have some people, they can write, but they can't speak. They have difficulty with that. And then, and then just the opposite. Well, writing definitely allows you to get what's in your head out, right? You don't have the 
um, opportunity for someone to look at you, to see that facial expression, or uh, be in an environment where um, it's just overwhelming or provides anxiety. And when you are writing, you, you have your own private thoughts. And this is where there's no judgment zone. You know, uh, no one's there to say you did something wrong. And so you're just able to express yourself. And, and I think a lot of people find comfort in just writing and not being able to speak. So writing it is. Writing it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that they're kind of two sides of the same coin, except for that you don't have to have an audience when you're writing. And so when you're writing, you do get to refine, you get to go back and, oh, let me erase that and, and go back and pick a better word for that or let me change some of this grammar or the punctuation, whatever that may, might be. You have a lot of time to be able to be really specific about what you really are intending to say. Whereas in speaking, it is all off the cuff. It's kind of stream of consciousness. All of the words that are coming out of my mouth are just kind of popping up. And so people have to listen to that and make sure, and I have to make sure that I'm being heard and understood. And so there's a bit of getting thoughts out as well when you're speaking, but it's far faster and not as refined. And so it's a bit of like, you know, presenting someone a a painting that you did, that you, you know, were away in your studio and painted that and then you show it to everyone or painting while people are watching. And that's a very different experience. And so speaking can be a challenge in that way, but it can also help refine the way that you write. And so you, you can actually use both to help each other. If you're speaking in front of people, you might say something that's just off the cuff and be, ooh, I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that and put that in some of my writing. Or the other way around, you're writing something down and that's like, ooh, that sounds really smart. I might say that to someone. And then, <laughs> and so as you're writing, you can help refine a bit of what you're going to be saying to people. Um, just before we started recording, you were mentioning how you memorize uh, some of your speeches and so that can be one way of like, yeah, you, you write and then you perform it, you, you speak it out. Uh, and then the other way around, which is, yeah, I have a, a rough outline of what I'm doing and I, I will just trust myself to let the right words come out whenever the, the time comes. <laughs> I like that. I, Kendall and I are Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. So we, we know, of course, we know what that's all about. In fact, we have a part of our meetings that's called Table Topics, and that's where we get to practice speaking extemporaneously. I do not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've been in Toastmasters forever, and I still don't like that. I'm a prepared speaker. Mm. And it's funny because we talk, we speak extemporaneously all day long. Mm -hmm. But it's just that when the lights are on us, I think that's what gets it right there. And something y'all said about you're able to revise what you're 
When you write, you can revise it, go back, erase it, do something else. But when you speak, once the words are out, they're out. You can't take them back. <laughs> they are out. So, so that's very interesting comment. Yeah, I like what he said there. Um, you can use both of them together in harmony to, to convey those thoughts. But I heard uh, Les Brown say this. He said, develop your communication because as soon as you open your mouth, you tell the world exactly who you are. And what you just said there is so true. When you write on that paper, you can erase it or ball it up and start over. But as soon as you open your mouth and let those words fly, there's no sucking them back in. So. That is so true. After, and, and you know, Santiago, I hear people say, I know people who can sing and they get in front of an audience and it's easy for them. But when they have to speak, it's a different thing. And I say, well, what's the difference? You're in front of an audience singing. They say, no, 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 it's different. It's different because whenever you have a song, it's already written. It's the same thing as memorizing a speech. And so, yeah, I already know what the song is going to be. And I just have to get up here and go through the song. But then when it comes to speaking, well, I didn't memorize my speech before. I I have to say words in between these songs. Oh, no. Uh, At living high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's a very different thing unless, you know, you're doing something like jazz where there's this intentional improvised music. But that's that's a very different skill kind of like we're talking about is that you develop these skills differently, but also together. Uh, I think this is probably a widely known statistic, especially to Toastmasters, but people's greatest fear, like people pull uh, the most people and people's greatest fear is public speaking. <laughs> that is so. They'd rather be in a casket than to be in front of someone. Yes, mm -hmm. that's what it says. Well, so now we know what writing is, a form of communication. Let's move on to a purposes for writing. There are many purposes to writing. The most popular are to inform, okay, to entertain, to explain, or to persuade. However, there are many more, including to express feelings, explore an idea, evaluate, mediate, problem solve, or argue, or against an idea. Writers often combine purposes in a single piece of writing. And that's true. I'm looking at the different purposes for writing to inform. And I would say that I'm more of a writer who writes to inform. I'm, I'm a playwright, and my plays are all historical plays. But then I do write to entertain as well. If I'm writing a play, I have to put a little, add a little entertainment into it. So writing for me, let me tell you this. It has always been a thrill for me to have an empty screen 
and then end up with a creation, something that I created. And I know it's just like a painter, whomever. You know, when you start out with nothing and there you come, end up with a beautiful portrait or whatever. That's how writing is for me. And I remember the first time I started doing it, I thought, wow, those are my words. I put those words together. And I think most people... The writing, it's not, sometimes you know what to say. I mean, you know what you want to say, but it's how to say it. That's what gets us in a, um, gets us stuck. And there are other reasons too, but I want to save that for what makes it hard. Because writing is hard. It's, I, I don't try to throw any punches with that. Writing is hard. Do y'all have any comments about that? What do you think about that? Purposes? Mm, the purposes of writing. Yeah, I think it's, there's always a lot that we can be doing. And it is very helpful to acknowledge our intention, right? So if, if you're just writing something, you know, letting it flow out, letting your ideas out, uh, you may not know exactly what it is that's about to come out, but then you can help refine it a little bit more if you realize like, okay, what am I trying to say? Am I trying to express something? Am I trying to inform? Am I trying to persuade? Am I trying to let more people know about how my experience has been? And so once you clarify that intention of like, what am I trying to do here? That can actually really help refine what it is that you're writing about and how you're doing it and why you're doing it and leaves a little bit less of that fluff out. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying here is, is really awesome because the whole purpose is to create the intent. It's just to tell uh, my story from where I'm looking from through the lens in which I'm looking. And so, you know, I believe what you said that, that the hardest part is creating that intent. What's the purpose of what I'm writing? And, and once you have that figured out, it, it seems as if you can, you know, funnel or direct everything along that path and it, it makes it um, a, a little bit easier to to be able to get out and do yeah and I like I like hearing those not quite guidelines but purposes so that you can actually kind of pick from these options and go well yeah I'm trying to inform but maybe I'm also trying to persuade mm -hmm. and so combining those two can really help shape your writing in such a way that, yeah, maybe I am being informative in my writing, but I'm sneaking in a little bit of pers persuasion in here. Mm -hmm. And so that the reader can be, you know, sucked in by maybe the entertainment. And then before they realize it, they've changed their mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that persuasive writing. I help people to write their autobiography, memoir, or legacy letter. And some of them, a couple of them have actually wrote books. And one thing that I always direct them 
in doing is to write your purpose for writing this book. Write it out because it's going to you say, guide you as to what you write. If you say that I'm going to write about the lessons I've learned in life, then this keeps you on track. This is what your story should be about. You can't say that you're going to write about lessons in life and then you go on this rampage or something else that doesn't, <laughs> and it happens, it doesn't make sense. But that's what I have learned for myself. In my book, it's it's based on the lessons that I've learned and all my stories are about lessons that I've learned. And again, this is how I direct my clients, write it out because they never thought about it before. And they say, oh, you're right. Now I know how my, all my stories are going to be. Another thing, like this one client in particular, he says, well, I'll tell you what, I want, I want to, I'm going to write my book the way I want it to be. You should. I like that. He's very creative. He says, I don't care anything about being, you know, being correct on that end according to who I want to put it in my words, how I want it to be. And you should. I think you should in your own in your own language. At the same time, it's good to know your target audience, because even though you say, well, my book is for the world, let's be honest. You know, the whole world, the world is not interested in your book, but try to target an audience. If it's going to be for young people, then try to speak their language. Try to, you have to try to speak their language. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, people, you know, do y'all agree with me? People aren't reading the way they used to read. They want to hurry up and get it over, you know, re make it clear. And that's it. And I'm on to something else. What are y'all thoughts on that? Are you, are you, you're a reader, right? Yes, mm -hmm. uh, I am a reader. I read, um, of course I read the Bible. Uh, however, I do read one book in the morning and then a different book in the evening time, uh, that way. So I can kind of devour two books at the same time, um, but today's society is different. Uh, we want that popcorn, that microwave. We want it quick, fast, and directly, you know. And so um, sitting down and opening up a book and flipping page to page is too slow for mm. people nowadays. And so uh, we're missing that. And then also there's so many different distractions in, in society. We have these, these cellular devices now and so many people's like oh i just look at it on my phone well the phone uh, does something different than actually holding the book and so to be able to you know i tell people this that if you're going to swim you have to get in the water to do it and, and so if you're going to read and, and write you have to actually put yourself in that book and hold the book in your hand and it gives you a whole different experience i don't know how but it just uh, feels is different and so with today's society of let's just um, make a short story and you know I don't want to really sit down and dedicate the time that it takes to read 
Um, and, and we miss a lot of the opportunity as far as generations before where they uh, actually read the books. I know when, you know, if with my children, if I were to bring up an encyclopedia, they have no idea what that is, you know. Uh, and an encyclopedia was a tool or a resource that we used uh, when I was growing up to obtain information, but then it was also used as a form of punishment, which was kind of like a double-edged sword uh, because I'm learning at the same time you're punishing me, so I'm really winning, you know. You said something about, um, what was it about the, yeah, about the encyclopedia. It's funny you brought that up because that came up yesterday in our in our Sunday school class, right? And I asked the kids, did they prepare? Did they study for their tests? And one of the little girls said, I just Google it. And I yeah. said, what? Yeah. And then, you know what I thought about? I said, in this day and age, you kids have it made. <laughs> Knowledge is right at your fingertips. Or you can just speak it. When I was growing up, we had to have an encyclopedia. If you were fortunate enough to have a set of encyclopedias in your home, or you had to go to the library, now it's right there. I was talking about that this morning with my Uber driver, and he said, and a lot of people don't even, they still don't seek it. It's right there. Right, anything you want to know, it's right there. And they still will not seek knowledge. Yeah, so I'll I'll be a little bit of the contrarian here. Um, so going and I'll get to that point, but I do consume media very differently in that in our time, uh, and especially because of the economy being the way it is, we we all have to work all the time to just keep up, and so. Yeah, there is a lot of going, going all the time and trying to make sure that we're making enough money. And so there's hardly any time to just sit down and, you know, really sit down with a book and read because it, it is time consuming. And so I end up doing a lot of listening. I listen to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts. And so in my driving, in my, you know, if I'm doing chores, whatever it is, I am listening a lot. And I will say, yeah, it's a very different experience than holding a book and reading a line and being, ooh, that's really profound and reading it again and internalizing and pausing with it and all of that uh, versus whenever you're listening to it and it's just going by and you you don't quite get as much of that being able to sit and reread or, or ponder it maybe Although I, although I suppose you could, you know, pause and yeah. let it sink in and then rewind a little bit. But a lot of time, yeah, it does kind of go by. But at the same time, I've been able to read a lot more because I'm able to read while I'm driving, read while I'm doing chores and all these sorts of things that we're able to multitask a little bit. And so I mean, doing dishes doesn't take all of my brain. And so, yeah, of course I'm going to enjoy a book while I'm doing that. Um, and so we do have the capability to be able to do more than one thing. And, and that's a blessing that technology has given us that we're able to 
be reading while we're doing other things. And so the getting back to that point of, unfortunately, we have all of this information at our fingertips and we don't seek it out. I think maybe there's something about the, you, you mentioned values as well, that uh, we haven't established these values to the younger generations about how important it is to have valuable information and how important it is to learn. Instead, we give people, especially in school, these are the things you have to learn about. And then all you have to do is pass a test. And that's, that's it. They don't care if the information has stayed in your braid. They don't care if you've internalized the lessons so that you can apply them to different things. It's not about critical thinking. It's about did you get the information in your brain long enough to take the test? And then after that, forget about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so we can encourage younger people to apply the information and go, you learned this in school. How is this relevant to these other things in your life, in your friends' lives, in your family's life? And how can all of that information come together and, and we can put it all in one big thing and, and apply it to every other aspect of our lives? And that's, I don't know how we can establish that, uh, given all of the needs that schools have about what has to happen, about test scores and all these sorts of things. But there is a way to internalize the information, but it seems like the only people that are doing that are the ones who are being encouraged sort of outside of school and the people who are curious and I'm not sure how to establish that curiosity as a value in today's day and age. Well, you know, I, I like that you what you said about the schools mm -hmm. because I come across a interesting fact that says 30 to 50% of Americans never open another book after school, mm -hmm. right? And then there's another um, statistic that says um, about 70% of Americans will obtain a book and never read it. Mm -hmm. And that's, well, I, that's profound, right? To say I had the motivation to get it, but then I didn't have the uh, discipline to Happens open it. all the time. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. People have books that they never read. They'll get excited and they'll go get it, but they never read it. And I'm also, I'll admit, I, I do listen to, uh, I listen really a lot more than I actually read now, but that's for a couple of reasons that I do that. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but you said something, Santiago, and I'm glad you're here because you're you're kind of young, aren't you? I'm 28. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're kind of young, <laughs> and you and you're here to represent you know, yeah. <laughs> that group of people. But you, when you're talking, we're talking about valuables and values, mm -hmm. and the values, of course, are the um, 
our beliefs. It's what we live by. And you said that a lot of, you know, young people, they don't even know, they haven't even established values. And I thought about that. And that's that's true. They don't know anything, not yet. Hopefully, if they're being taught, one day it will sink in. Mm-hmm. They need to learn how to fish themselves and not just be given things. When I talked about the values, this, of course, when uh, parents are leaving money and property and jewels and all those things. And then what usually happens is that it's gone. Mm-hmm. They use it up and then they still don't know. Still don't know anything. But if you teach them, then they can get these valuables themselves. That's a whole nother conversation. And we're, I know it's so, y'all are so, thank (laughs) y'all. But let's move on because time is, okay, let's look at, let's get into a more, a little lighter one, the benefits of writing. You will communicate with clarity. You learn to communicate with clarity. You will eliminate stress. You will be more productive. You learn more. You will gain awareness of your reality. You will make better decisions and you will be happier. And I'm going to say right from the start, since I do workshops on writing and on people writing on their past, on their history and all of that. And people go through all kinds of emotions because writing, it can be therapeutic. It's cathartic. You're letting all that built up stuff, you're getting it out of you. And you do feel better. And it says it eliminates stress. It makes you happier. And I know for a fact it clarifies things because if I can write it out, <laughs> put it on paper and look at it, then I can speak it. But what I've learned too, you can't have all those things in your head. You got to get it out on paper somewhere so you can understand it, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think that it the therapeutic aspects in particular is something that I think about is that a lot of people don't know themselves and to to know yourself and acknowledge what it is that you're going through it can really be helpful to just what am i feeling and just write that down and then to to then look back at it and go oh i i'm feeling this way and to really internalize that and acknowledge your emotions instead of letting it all, you know, stay stuck in your head and, and it, it builds up and gets worse. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some of these emotions aren't even that bad, but just by holding on to them, it gets worse and worse. And sometimes if you just write it down and be like, I'm upset because my mom said this to me or whatever that is, it's like, Oh, okay. And then maybe you can, communicate with that person and be like, Hey, I was upset that you said this to me. And instead of operating on pure emotion the whole time, you can let some of that out and acknowledge and know a bit of 
how you're feeling and the maybe the things that you've been through that have gone right by that you haven't really internalized and acknowledged how it is that you're feeling and thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and some, I'll say this too. Have you ever tried to, have you ever tried to write down what, just like you said, what you're feeling when you're really upset with someone <laughs> and with someone is it, and you try to put it in words why you're upset. Mm. You, I've done it, and it, then it doesn't make sense when I put it on paper. <laughs> you must try that sometime. You say, "Well, I'm angry because," and you try. Is that why I'm angry? <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. Try that sometime if you have it. Kendall, what do you? I would definitely have to try that. Try um, it. it sounds, mm. but you know, one of the the benefits that. I see with this is it allows you to, you know, just express and and clear some of the clutter in your mind, right? Um, it frees you, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it allows you to escape, you know, your your reality and, and kind of take you off somewhere. So if I'm sitting in front of Santiago, I might not be able to express to him how I feel about him, but then I could write it on paper and pass that note to him and communicate that way and, and be inhibited in doing so. Because if I speak to him, I'm seeing his face and his eyes and his body language, and I'm reading all these nonverbal communications that might cause me to be a little bit reserved. So uh, the, one of the greatest benefits is just being able to be open and, and free and mm -hmm. in, in, uh, allowing whatever, you know, because life will get on you. You know, and, and if you allow yourself the the benefit of writing, like you said, try to write down what you're angry about. Wow, that is powerful uh, because that will keep you from making bad decisions verbally. Right. That, you know, and right. so this is, yes, that is so powerful. So I challenge you and the listening audience to try that. If you are angry with someone, and this can be your child, your spouse, whomever, try putting it into words. What, what has made you so angry? And sometimes, like you said, how you might go, well, this makes no sense. Then it might make you go, is this even worth holding on to? Why am I even angry anymore? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, well, okay, let's just, let's just let that one go. It's, that's so silly, you know? And Something that you said that uh, I wanted to highlight a little bit is that the balance of letting things in and letting things out, right? And so we're constantly barraged by things coming at us. And it's like taking in a deep breath and then taking in more breath and you it's there's no more room. And so you got to exhale a little bit and let some of that out and let that balance in and out. Uh, there's there can also be the the other side of it that you're always letting stuff out. You're always giving to other people and you're never letting yourself breathe in and pause and just 
you know, take a break, read a book, let something in for once instead of giving everything that you have out. And so having that balance between letting something out and letting stuff in and having that breath be a little bit more uh, of a balance in your life. (laughs) This is such a good discussion. (laughs) This is so... This is so, 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 so good. I thought about, when I was coming up, letter writing was very popular. Imagine that. Have you ever written a letter and mailed it? Put a stamp on the envelope and... You ever done that, Kendall? <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall doing that. I know, <laughs> you know, back in the day, if you liked a girl, you write on the little note yeah, and you... You know, you yeah. slide it yeah, <laughs> across okay. to her. So, uh, but as far as actually writing a letter and sticking in a mail, so I can't someone recall. Someone actually in another, I think about part of the city you're in, but in another state, that's what we used to do. Mm-hmm. And that whole, that's over. Someone did tell me, I do it. I do it sometimes. And I think that's wonderful. I had a lady tell me that, for her grandkids, she writes letters to them. Each one of them live in a different state. And she writes curse in cursive writing because she wants them to learn how to read mm-hmm. read in cursive. So she does it intentionally so they will learn something. But now text, mm-hmm. text supreme, mm-hmm. text emails, that's it. But like you said, Santiago, this is a fast paced world we're in now and people just don't have time they even abbreviate the text I thought that is just oh unheard of okay so but so far we have covered what is writing the purposes of writing and the benefits of writing we're going to go to what makes writing so hard plain and simple writing requires focus You have to think. It sounds simple, but here's the first catch. Topics don't fall from trees. You have to think them up and think them over. It's one thing to say, oh, there's a topic, and quite another to say, here's what I'm going to say about this topic that's interesting, fresh, and authentic. Okay, the second thing about writing, and it's as plain and simple as this, is that you have to practice it. Man, you got to practice writing. It's just like anything else. In order for us to learn how to focus, we've got to practice it. And I don't care who you talk to, all writers, they're going to tell you that. In order to write, you got to write. Write better, you got to write. I remember the first time I went to a writing class. I don't know what I expected. But she said, okay, I want you to write on this. And I said, I want to learn while write. You are looking for something very profound. Yes, yeah, you got, we have got to write. You, you, and this is how you work on your craft. If you're committed to it, you carve out. Uh, certain times of the day to do it. Morning always works for me. I think I'm very smart in the morning. Mm -hmm. When I first get up, oh, wow, I'm like, (laughs) 
I can answer anything, but as the day goes on, it's not that way. But that's why it's so hard. Another thing is we're afraid of being judged. Afraid of being judged. What are they going to think about this? What are they going to think about that? But I think that once you know who you are, once you become confident in your writing, I think becoming confident, the way we become confident is just by doing it. Just by doing it over and over and over again. As in speaking, the more you get in front of an audience, the more confident you become. I know that to be true. You get so worse, it's just second nature. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get, and that's the way it is with writing. And if you know, everyone has a different writing style, the same way with speaking. Stick to what you know. Stick to what you like. Don't compare yourself to others. Do your thing. What do you think? What has made, if writing has ever been hard for you, what are some of the reasons? I would say the what has made writing hard for me is to sit down and focus and take what's going on in my mind and get it out on paper in the in the smooth way that it, it, it flows through my mind. And, you know, he talked about, uh, Santiago talked about the expression of music. I believe that there's a rhythm to this thing and sometimes the the hardest part is for me to catch that rhythm so it in my mind I hear it and it's flowing so eloquently and so smoothly but then when I go to put in paper it's like what is going on here uh, because it's no rhythm to it. it it's out of sync it's not in the right place and so the hardest part has just been to find that rhythm that flow between my mind and my pen strike. I think one of the hardest things for me is finding the right words. We have all these complicated thoughts and ideas and it may not be in the shape of words. And so sometimes it does take, you know, you start writing it out and I don't know, that's just not quite right. And sometimes you do have to let a little bit of stuff in to go, yeah, read some writers that you admire and you like how they write and listen to speakers as well uh, or maybe even music as well and then hearing some different ways of putting these words together and going, oh, that's what I was trying to say. I just didn't have the right words for it. And so a lot of times, yeah, you, you go to write something down and then it's just but it's just not quite what I'm trying to say. What are these words that I'm trying to, to get these ideas out with? And sometimes it's just a thesaurus <laughs> and just pulling it up and being, what's another word for this? And, and especially in, in poetry and songwriting for me, that finding ways to get things to rhyme or to flow correctly or getting a syllable count right that does take a lot of going to a thesaurus and it's, I want to say this thing, 
but not with that word because that's not the right word. It doesn't take up the right amount of space. It doesn't rhyme. And instead of going to a rhyme dictionary, I'll just go to thesaurus and see what other words are there for this and which one of these rhyme. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just the more words you know, the more of them you can use. <laughs> that is so, 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 so true. We are going to go on to our last uh, our last topic, and that that is what can make it easier. Some tips on that, and you, the only thing that can make it easier. I'm, I'm going to say two things. First of all, you have to try to organize, do a little brainstorming. You know, putting it out on paper. Just you've heard of free writing. Just start writing. Just start writing. Don't worry about how it sounds or whatever. Just start writing. The second thing is just like I said before, you have to practice. You have to practice. And the thing about the practice is that it sounds good. Okay, I'm going to try that. First week, you're all in. Second week, you begin to, uh, you know, a little bit. Third week, oh, God, that's it. It's over. It's over. That's it. But... Writing was never meant to be easy. So you have to accept the struggle as part of the process. Rather than trying to escape it, embrace it. Take every new word you can't think of, sentence you can't get right, and paragraphs you struggle to string together as a gift. Now, someone said that for them... Writing is, uh, it is, it's, it's, the, it's, it's their legacy. And that the richest place in the world, we know, is the cemetery. <laughs> and we don't want to die with our sermons and our experiences inside of us. Books will outlive you. And I want my influence to continue for generations to come. I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's why I named my workshop Outlive Your Life. Books live on. I can't tell you how many times I've forgotten I had a book. I'll be on my bookshelf and I'll pull out one and it'll be from someone who, who gave me one as a gift or something, you know, and I'll look at it. And I'll think, oh, wow, yes, I remember. Or maybe a book that they wrote. Books are wonderful. And so is writing. Any last thoughts? I would say that you you hit home on a lot of the points that I would use here. Mm-hmm. However, you know, let's just simplify this thing. Uh, let's just do one thing at a time. And like we discussed earlier, it takes about 10,000 hours to really get good at something. So that's saying that just practice it, just do it, get in that dime, but be intentional about what you want to do. If you want to become a better writer, 
set aside a specific amount of time each day. We all get the same amount of time in every day, right? And if we say, you know what, I'm going to get better at writing, and that's going to be in 15-minute increments. We could take 15 minutes each day and use that as our time to uh, write and reflect, and then um, we have a brain dump and just write it out. Don't worry about uh, all the grammatical errors or, or any of these things and just get it out. And then at another time, uh, separate from that one, come back to it and look at it again and begin to kind of organize it and, and put it together, arrange it how you, how you see it to be. And just step one 15-minute session on the, to the next, on to the next, and just continue to uh, be disciplined in that 15 minutes. Say, this is my 15 minutes to better my writing, and I'm not, I'm not going to allow anything to interrupt that time. I'm very intentional, and this is the purpose for this 15 minutes. After this 15 minutes, I can get back to life or whatever else is going on, but within this 15-minute window, my entire purpose is to work on writing. I think uh, going off of that simplify kind of idea, what makes writing hard, what makes writing easy, we do. I do. You do. Why does it have to be hard? We're making it hard. And so it's like, oh, no, I can't get any of these thoughts out. Well, you don't have to make a big deal about it. Just, oh, well, sometimes it doesn't come out. And, you know, like you said, let's brain dump. Uh, but it doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> and what makes it easier? We do. We can go, all right, let's just let it flow. See what happens. Easy. <laughs> so... You could make it as hard or as easy as possible if you are holding on to it so tightly. And so, oh, all of this stuff is garbage. And it's like, well, you could look at it that way or you could just look at it as this is part of the process. And sometimes you, you put some nonsense on the page and no one's ever going to see that. And that's fine. So let it go. Take it easy. We're making it hard. We can make it easy, too. <laughs> That's you awesome. two have definitely simplified it. <laughs> well, we've come to the end. This has been so great. But let's go over what we have covered today. We talked about what is writing, which is a form of communication. Purpose of writing, you, we can write to inform, to entertain, and to persuade. And there are many other uh, purposes. The benefits of writing, some of it is to... To clarify, to clarify what's in our head, it, it makes us have happy. It eliminates stress. And there are other benefits to writing as well. What makes writing hard? I like that. We make it hard. But yes, writing, <laughs> writing, writing is hard. And as someone said, it's not meant to be easy because we have to think. And I know it sounds like people, someone might say, I think, what are you talking about? Uh-uh-uh. You got to really focus to write. 
you sit there with your pen and paper or you looking at your computer screen or whatever, and you have to figure out how to put these thoughts on paper. You have an idea and then you have to transfer the idea into words and then the right words to put on paper. That's what it is. And it's not easy. But if you want to be remembered, write. Write your story. Your descendants will be so happy that you did that. And I want to tell you that if you need help and guidance with that, I am Kathleen Watkins. And you can go to my Facebook page, Outlive Your Life's Legacy, and you can contact me. And we can talk. I help people to document their stories, whether they want to dictate it. By that, I mean I record it and then I transcribe their stories. Some of you already write, but you need guidance. You need a book coach. That's where I also come in. So know that I am here and my information is on my Facebook page. I want to thank both of you, Kendall. Thank you. Thank you. you. And Santiago, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And of course, thank you, the listening audience. Of course, this is a part of the Building Your Bridges Network with Possibilities. And we will see you the next time. And remember, your story is the best part of you.